Welcome to the Old Ways for the New Age podcast, where we are embracing ancient ways of being and opening our hearts to the magic of everyday life. We are your hosts, Christy and Hannah. Join us as we romance the ordinary, re-enchant our own lives with plant magic and get ourselves back to the garden. Before we get into the podcast, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the unceded land on which we live, work and record, the Wanjaraburra people. We wish to honour their elders past, present and emerging and recognise their continued connection to the land, sea and community. everybody and welcome back to this week's episode of the old ways for the new age podcast this is hannah and i'm here to talk to you about a fantastic herb called mugwort this week which i'm sure a few of you are familiar with this episode is a little bit belated because i actually had an incident that did involve some mugwort this week which is a little bit unfortunate but regardless of that i'm still so excited to jump in and talk to you about the nitty-gritty parts of mugwort the energetics of the plant, the history of its use, and so much more. So stay tuned and thanks for being with us today. So mugwort is one of my favorite herbs. It's one of the first herbs I started growing when we moved to the mountain here. And I just really feel like it's got this beautiful air of mystery and wisdom about it. And I'm not the only one who feels that way. Mugwort has traditionally been used across so many different cultures, like a lot of our favorite plants. And One of the oldest recorded uses is over 2,500 years of use in China through the process of moxibustion. So they use it in meridian clearing, working with meridian lines throughout the body to help treat and prevent disease. And moxa does involve burning parts of the mugwort plant over certain energy points in the body. Uh, And that is to help move stagnation and Uh, move stuck chi and things like that. I believe that mugwort was grown traditionally like natively in uh, Asia and Europe and definitely in the United States and Canada, so North America, um, where actually there are so many different varieties, lots of native varieties and um, different varieties per area and that's quite special. We don't really have that here in Australia. Um, In Rome, ancient Rome, soldiers were known to put mugwort leaves in their sandals to keep their feet from tiring, and I've heard this quite a lot as well. Again, as I just mentioned, it grows really readily in the United States and Canada, and Native Americans use mugwort apparently as a spiritual ally in addition to a medicinal ally, and they did use mugwort leaves rubbed across the body to keep ghosts away and they would also wear a necklace of mugwort leaves that would keep one from dreaming about the dead which also has quite a lot of significance because mugwort is very well known for its connection with dreaming particularly lucid dreaming but we'll talk a little bit more about that a bit later and it was seen throughout different native american tribes that this plant was also used to help with women's reproductive health and menstruation which it is still currently used for across the globe. So we will also talk about that. First, I feel like we should discuss the basics. So mugwort is actually in the daisy family, the Asteraceae family. Um, And actually it can cause allergies, which I have since experienced. I did say to Christy that I thought perhaps it was the mugwort flowering that was causing my bad allergies. And I have since discovered that that is probably the case um, because part of being part of the daisy family it does have that affinity for causing heightened allergies and allergic responses 
uh, but it's also related to wormwood. So it has a mild anthelmintic kind of antiparasitic action, but most people would go for wormwood in that case, not mugwort. It has many different names, including felon herb. I've heard it be called cronewort, St. John's plant, chrysanthemum weed, wild wormwood, old Uncle Henry, sailor's tobacco, maidenwort, and Chinese honeysuckle. As we know, there are many folk names for all of our herbs, uh, depending on the area they've come from. But one thing that I think is really important to mention for our uh, North American friends is that sometimes, because not all varieties look exactly the same, it does have the potential to look like poison hemlock, which is something that you struggle with there. And so anything that kind of has that carrot top look about it is really important to really super positively identify before you use it on your body or ingest it or use it for any kind of medicine making. So that's just a little disclaimer there. A mugwort grows pretty easily and it's actually the kind of herb that can really spread. It's known as invasive in Canada, I believe, because it grows so quickly there. And it is similar to St. John's wort, I think, in that it can spread via rhizome or via seed. So it is really uh, easy to spread and quick to spread. And so as with St. John's wort, it's just important that you're conscious of your environment and where you're planting it um, and the environment that you're living in just so that you can responsibly grow your herbs. Because uh, particularly where I live, I live in the rainforest uh, along the edges of National Park. And so it's really important that I just be super cautious when I'm planting herbs and I always keep that in mind. However, in terms of actual growing environment, it really does love kind of trampled areas. So high traffic areas, like a lot of our um, really powerful herbs, they tend to thrive in areas where people are walking or animals are walking, um, roadsides, things like that. In Australia, I don't think it's as common to find it growing like that wild, but um, definitely in the States and probably in Europe, you would find it growing quite readily. <laughs> But also that's not to say that you can't grow it in pots because that is currently how mine are in pots. I would say just from my personal experience that the mugwort tree, now I should preface this with saying in Australia we tend to have two main varieties because it's something that doesn't grow natively here. Um, so there's the mugwort tree and then the mugwort plant which is the one that most of us learn in herb school, Artemisia vulgaris. Um, and so I have found that the mugwort tree probably would prefer being in the ground, whereas the um, Artemisia vulgaris or mugwort plant or, uh, you know, true mugwort, that is quite happily thriving in pots. So you could absolutely grow it either way. Um, I just find that the mugwort tree prefers a lot of moisture if it's in a pot. So I think that I will end up putting that one in the ground at some point. Another fun historical fact about mugwort is it was really heavily used in beer brewing back in the day, uh, often with other herbs such as ground ivy. This is probably more specific to Europe. Um, and then later on, hops became the common practice herb of choice for beer brewing. But yeah, fresh mugwort was gathered when in flour and it was dried and decocted in malt liquor and then added to finished beer, which is really cool. Um, I just think that's really interesting. <laughs> and I'm sure it wasn't just beer either. It's probably other drinks, but um, in particular, it has that history with beer brewing. Now, Artemisia or mugwort, it has a bitter, pungent, aromatic flavor, and it is actually a warming herb. It's warming, drying, relaxant, and stimulant, and it's really rich in volatile oils. 
It has affinities for the digestive system, the gallbladder, the liver, the nervous system, and as you mentioned, the female reproductive system. The herbal actions that you might expect when using mugwort is bitter tonic, carminative, cholagogue or choleretic, nervine sedative, nervine stimulant, amenagogue, which is a big one, mild uterine antispasmodic, and a mild anthelmintic, as I did mention earlier too. And in terms of using it for things like the nervous system, I love the way that Sager Popham from Evolutionary Herbalism talks about it, is he's explaining that even though it's we're calling it a stimulant herb, it's not a stimulant in the way that caffeine is going to keep you awake, kind of a stimulant or give you a buzz. It's a stimulant in that it's going to bring blood flow back to a stagnant area and reinvigorate it, which is exactly what mugwort will do. Mugwort is what we would consider a driver herb or driving herb, which is really where it helps to drive other remedies deeper into the, into the blood, into the body by increasing circulation and enhancing penetration to the tissue. And that is just incredible. I love that. And along this same thought process, it's fantastic also for the everyday bumps and bruises. So yeah, literally sore muscles, bruising, anything where it needs to be kind of warmed up and blood flow brought to the area to help, um, you know, move an injury through the body. I think it would be fantastic. And actually, Cammie McBride used to be a massage therapist for many years. That's how she got on to making her herbal oils. And she said that a lot of people would choose a mixture intuitively of mugwort, St. John's wort, and lavender. And it was super fantastic for just releasing tension, warming up the muscles, relaxing the muscles. And that's where the relaxant effect comes in. Um, just a really beautiful herb for body work. And supporting circulation can be one of the mechanisms of action of how it actually contributes to supporting menstrual health and reproductive health in women because it, it can actually bring blood flow to an area if there's sluggishness and stagnation and help to produce a healthier period, healthier bleed, which I think is beautiful. Um, in terms of women's hormones, it also helps to, as we spoke to, support the liver and gallbladder. And so... That is something, one of the first things we'll do when looking at supporting someone's hormones, trying to get their cycle back on track, reduce symptoms of um, cramping and sore boobs and things like that is helping to clear excess or improperly synthesized hormones through the liver. And so that is exactly what mugwort will help to do by supporting the liver. And that will also relieve symptoms of PMS and things like that. So it's just really fantastic. And again, it's very modulatory. So it, if you don't have a period, it's going to help to bring blood flow to the area, help to get that period kickstarted. But if you have too heavy of a period, it's actually going to help uh, regulate that and make that a healthier bleed for you. So it's really great either way. And also I was reading that it can support with decreasing androgen production if you are a high androgen person. Um, also by supporting the liver. So I think that that's just really incredible and um, really effective. And it's a herbal way, a different herbal way of doing that instead of going for our standard liver, liver herbs with, for example, like globe artichoke or St. Mary's thistle. We could pick something that is very specific to um, women's reproductive health. Now, if you're a bit of a mugwort lover or you have a curiosity in it, 
you may know about its dream supportive abilities or its dream enhancing abilities. And so we can't stop this podcast episode without discussing that. Um, It is known for its aneurogen um, or dream enhancing properties. And so um, an aneuromancer, I believe, is somebody who can kind of psychically tell the future or connect with people through dreams. And aneurogen is a substance that... Uh, or other stimulus, which produces or enhances dreamlike states of consciousness. And that's an important thing to discern there, is it doesn't always mean you're actually in a dream. Um, some people will use mugwort in specific ways so as to bring on that dreamlike state of consciousness while still awake. And so it's very well known as a dream herb. Uh, and people will really commonly make dream pillows so filling little pouches with dried or fresh leaves to put next to onto inside of a pillowcase you can also put the leaves directly on your pillowcase or directly inside your pillowcase but do beware (laughs) that um, mugwort does have a very strong scent thanks to the volatile oils which is how it works so beautifully which side note if you're going to make an infusion of it please put a lid over it because that will keep the volatile oils in instead of evaporating off. That's important to know with any plant that's rich in volatile oils, such as rosemary or lavender or things like that. It's also used to get these dreamlike states of consciousness through a smoking herb, so ceremonial smoking herb, uh, like in stick form or burning it, probably I would guess in a bit more of a closed environment so that you're inhaling quite a lot of it. Um, It's also used as a smoking blend for smoking, with some people. Um, and so, yeah, I like Sage, again, Sage Popham. He, I wanted to quote him. He says, this herb ushers you into the lucid world and wakes up the parts of your subconscious mind that have been left to settle and collect dust. In this way, it helps you to process wounds past so you can experience greater closure and healing in your life. And so really he's, he's taking a little nod there to how mugwort can really enhance that dream process where you know in our dreams we're actually processing and working through traumas and life events and changes and mugwort can just facilitate that on a deeper more meaningful level now what are some ways that we can be using mugwort other than in a smoking kind of way or in our pillows We can use it in a vinegar that is really common as the vinegar is great at extracting the volatile oils. Just be aware, you could use it for cleaning, you could use it for protecting your house as mugwort is often used for purifying energy. Um, However, if you choose to use it in a salad dressing, just know that mugwort is really strong and so a tiny little bit goes a long way. (laughs) Um, You can also use it as an incense, you could use it as a tincture or a spagyric. You could use it as a body oil in body oiling, which would be just beautiful. You could chew on a tiny little piece the size of your fingernail before a meal as a bitter tonic. Um, I do similar things with little tincture drops sometimes prior to a meal with people who have maybe lower stomach acid and it'll just help to get those digestive juices flowing. You could also use it as a flower essence or an infusion. So there are so many ways to use it. Another amazing way to use it is in a mugwort bath. And I know that Sage talks about preparing a womb cleansing bath for those who have had um, particularly sexual trauma. Um, And he likes to use 
herbs like lady's mantle, rose and calendula with his. But I did find um, Amanda Crook from Locust Light Farms. She has a beautiful little um, paragraph that she's written about mugwort bath, like a bit of a recipe. And um, I just wanted to read that to you as well. So she says, to enjoy a mugwort bath, fill a quart jar fully with fresh mugwort or halfway dried, halfway with dried mugwort. Enjoy the aroma as you pack the jar. Fill the jar with just boiled water. Cover and steep for 15 minutes to one hour. When the mugwort has steeped, draw your bath. Add any salts, light some candles. Leave your phone in another room. Strain the mugwort before you get into the bath. Or don't. I kind of, it depends on how messy you want to get. That's for me. <laughs> I like to get in the bath and pour the infusion over my head, imagining it baptizing me into my next phase of being. Thank the mugwort for her divine beauty. Allow yourself to feel the lunar energy rise within you. Rest in your own intuition as you claim your power, your own right to be for yourself. Enjoy your bath, enjoy the candles, and when you are alone, leave anything that's no longer serving you in the bath water. Let it flow down the drain to be recycled by the earth. I just think that that is so beautiful and I will absolutely be doing a mugwort bath as soon as possible um, because that just seems like such a beautiful process um, regardless of whether you're doing it for a tra trauma-based reason or not. I think that just somewhere I read that mugwort is like the grandmother you always wanted and I think that you know, she seems to be very open-hearted, open-minded, open-handed and willing to connect with a wide range of people. Um, and so that makes it a really beautiful herb to begin working with it, like it's specifically in like a plant spirit medicine kind of way. Um, and so, yeah, anyone can do this. It's easy to grow. It's easy to get a hold of. And, you know, you can have these experiences, be it in a full bathtub or in a foot bath. And also that leads on to the last couple of things I wanted to touch on with mugwort. And one of those things is its planetary affinities. <laughs> so there's a bit of contention around this because it was mostly known for a while there as a lunar herb. And I still feel like it has an affinity with the moon also, um, particularly because it's called Artemisia and it's got a connection with the god goddess Artemis, um, who is the goddess of the hunt and of the moon. And so I definitely think it has a lunar energy to it. And when you actually look at a lot of them, they have like a silvery underside, like a fluffy, soft, velvety, silvery underside. Um, and I really do think that it has that connection, that lunar affinity. However, it really also strongly has a connection with Venus. And most people now consider it, and originally in Culpeper days, considered it a Venusian herb. So it has that connection with women's reproductive system. And it has um, just a lot of connection with Venus. Particularly also, it's ruled by air. Venus is also air. Uh, so I do think it is predominantly a Venus herb, Venus ruled herb. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about was its connection with the feminine. It is a very feminine herb uh, and also it's a grandmother herb. It's a matriarch herb, but also I've heard people kind of talk about it in a maiden and a mother capacity. I think that it really, from my perspective, carries women in particular through all stages of life. And I think it's something that we can use all the way through. 
um, our journey, which is really special and unique, but also in the matriarch kind of uh, energy archetype, it does hold a lot of wisdom, as I touched on in the beginning. It, it, it has this wisdom, this quietness, this openness, this um, come and find the information that you're seeking, the knowledge, the wisdom that you're looking for within me um, kind of an energy, and that is beautiful too. Overall, I think one of the things to know about mugwort, as I did mention, was that it's a warming herb, and that is quite unusual, particularly for something that has bitter capacity like it does. It's quite bitter, and um, to have a warming aromatic bitter is unusual, but that is what also helps to bring that warmth, that heat to the womb area and to the muscles and the digestive system, which has to be hot. We need to have that digestive fire burning uh, brightly within us. So it's just, it's really cool. It's something that I'm definitely going to be experimenting with more in my own life now that I've got them growing and hopefully soon get them in the ground to really blossom and bloom. Um, the mugwort tree does get really tall, so just know that, um, whereas the other mugwort is much more shrubby from my experience. Um, but yeah, I hope you've enjoyed learning about mugwort today. And if you have any questions, definitely let me know on Instagram. I would love to hear from you. And we do hope to have a bit of a dreaming box coming out soon at the Bohemian Farmhouse that Christy's currently working on. Um, so keep an eye out for that because if you are the kind of person who likes to really work deeper with your dreams, mugwort in conjunction with like a dream journal and some really deep dream work with other herbs too, perhaps like Blue Lotus could be a really potent experience. Um, again, thank you so much for being here. I hope that this inspires you to get mugwort and have a play with it and have a smell of it and really just grow it. And we'll talk to you next time. Thank you for joining us and for listening in. We know your time is sacred and special and we appreciate you spending yours with us. Please feel free to go ahead and follow us on Instagram at oldwaysforthenewage underscore podcasts to see more of what we talk about here. We hope you'll join us next time. Until then, bye for now.